Welcome to A Story of Us, our humanity, history, and department. This podcast is hosted entirely by the graduate students at The Ohio State University's Anthropology Department in collaboration with the Anthropology Public Outreach Program, or APOP for short, and also in collaboration with the American Anthropological Association. In this series, we are conducting one-on-one interviews with anthropologists from different subfields. Today's guest here with me is Dr. Julie Field, an archaeologist. Welcome, Dr. Field. Hi, Emma. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for being here. So one of the first questions that we've been asking our guests in this series is to define anthropology in your own words. Anthropology is the study of peoples and culture, including people that lived in the past and the present, and it expands into all aspects of human health, biology, everything from why we brush our teeth to where we keep our teeth. So what is it that led you to become an anthropologist? You know, I don't know. It's been such a part of who I am for so long. I was always interested in animals and plants, very much interested in biology and people. And when I was a kid, I moved from Southern California to Washington State, which at that time in the late 1970s, it still is, is a beautiful forested wonderland. And my father worked for a local parks department, and we lived in the ranger's house in this big park. And I spent my childhood running wild in the woods. And somehow that morphed into wanting to be closer to nature and an interest in how people live off the land. And then that extended into prehistory and understanding that. And I was always interested in it. I had a very wily grandfather that lived in a trailer out in the desert. And as a kid, we'd go look at petroglyphs and throw rocks and go fishing. And then as a teenager, I went to a archaeological field school for high school kids. And I had several jobs after school cleaning houses, and I saved up my money and went to a place called Crow Canyon Archaeological Center when I was 16. So I went into the field when I was a teen, and I've never left. It's been what I've always enjoyed. I'm never bored. And it just keeps getting more and more interesting the more I meet people and discover new facets of humanity. It just keeps getting deeper and richer and more interesting. For me, it's always been a part of who I am. That's awesome. I love that. Leading from there, can you tell us a little bit about the nature of your research? So what is it that you do specifically? So I am an archaeologist, and I work in the Pacific Islands, primarily the islands of Fiji and Hawaii. But I've worked in other places as well. And what I do is try to understand how islands change and how people change when they interact with one another. And of course, people interact with nature everywhere all the time. But islands are particularly good models for understanding the impact of people on environments because there's no colonization prior to the first boat landing. So if you picture that great scene in Moana when the ancestors sail across the ocean and they land on the island and they're all smiling, that's what I study is that moment from when they get off the boat and you see this incredible lush island all around them and then there's the time lapse of how the island changes and the population grows. And then in that last scene there's this character that's getting on the boat and sailing off to go find a new island. And so I study that process, how people transform places, how do they become farmers if they began as marine foragers. And then after that, what happens? What is the trajectory of environmental change and how does that affect how populations grow? In island environments that's easy to track. On continents, it's just so much bigger. There's so many more people and variables. But on little islands in the Pacific, you can start from scratch and watch how how the sausage got made, basically. So can you walk us through what a day in the field might be like for you? So Fiji is where I've been working for the last five years. A typical day in Fiji is wake up with the cows running through where we stay. They're usually eating some plants and getting in trouble. And we get in our vehicle and we drive about an hour along a very crazy wild road with 
all kinds of people stumbling out of the bush on the way to go to school. And then we arrive at the field site and then spend the day either excavating a very deep hole, or if it's a survey, we collect pottery. We will keep detailed notes about what we're doing, take lots of photographs. And then if it's a Friday, usually we break early and meet with local people and sit down and drink what's called kava, which is the root of the pepper plant that's pounded and then soaked in water. And it creates a muddy tasting drink that basically works to make you feel very relaxed. And so we sit around and drink that and tell stories and sing songs with ukuleles. And it's very, very relaxing. And Fijian culture is very warm and friendly. So we spend a lot of time talking and joking. And I've got a great collection of knock-knock jokes that I save for special occasions. That, can can yeah. you share one with us? <laughs> yeah. Knock-knock. Who's there? Mikey. Mikey who? Mikey is stuck in the door. Let me in. <laughs> Nice. That's awesome. So there's a good continuity then between the archaeology that you're looking at and the culture that's still living there? Absolutely. They are a living culture. They still own their land. That's one of the beautiful things about working in the Pacific Islands is it's anthropological as well as archaeological. And I've picked up some of the language. I know people. So for me, it's a very rich experience. And to bring students along with me is wonderful because they get to share in that. So this really leads into our next aspect that we wanted to talk about is how does your research fit in and embrace the broader theme of anthropology? I try to understand how people live in the world. And so the broader themes of anthropology are what is the human experience? What is it that makes us different from all the other organisms that live on this planet? And there's a lot of ways you can define what humanity is, but archaeology allows us to look at the trajectory of that experience. So my research looks at really how we have a dynamic relationship with ourselves and with the rest of the planet, and how does that unfold over time. And that gives us an idea as to where we've been, and it tells us about where we're going, and it gives us sort of a suite of ideas for really seeing how the outcome of interactions can unfold, because there are numbers of scenarios in the past where societies didn't collapse necessarily, but they stopped doing what they were doing that looked really fabulous at the time, and people started to do something else, and that gives us a model for how we move forward if we're able to convey that to the leaders that be. When anthropologists and archaeologists start screaming that this is unsustainable, I think that they should be heated because oftentimes the same processes that unfolded in the past that ended up in people packing up and leaving are some of the things that we see happening now. And so it provides us with a set of models for how things might happen. That's a really great way to look at it. And we've been touching on, but not really directly addressing diversity. And so that's one of the last things that I want to provoke you about. And we're big on provocation here. So how does your research contribute to our understanding of human diversity, both in the past and the present? And that's one of the things that I love about archaeology is you very much have the past that you're looking at and you have the present that you're drinking kava with. So there's a number of ways you can define diversity. You can define it as biological diversity or cultural diversity. You can even define it as diversity of thought, diversity of ideology. And archaeology, of course, you can't know what people were thinking in the past. You can only see really the results of their decisions. And there often are times in archaeology where you can see an incredible diversity of choices that people made in the past. And then sometimes they get winnowed down to just a few choices. And so I think archaeology, in terms of like understanding ideological or cognitive diversity, it gives us, if we compare it to what's going on in the environment, it gives us the ability to look at how people make decisions 
And when do they run out of choices? And I think that in terms of the diversity of that, that's something that archaeology can really do. Other kinds of diversity, like cultural diversity, there's so many different aspects of human culture that existed in the past, so many languages, so many subsets of different populations that have come and gone. And oftentimes, archaeology is the only record for those people even existing. So in terms of understanding who we are, it gives us the ability to actually test the depths of diversity, the depths of cultural diversity, which led to the society that lives now. And from my perspective and from that of cultural anthropologists, we see a great homogenization of culture. And Sometimes it's the little aspects of archaeology that actually people look to for their identity. They'll look to monuments, so they'll look to particular artifacts, and they'll say, that's us. That defines who we are. And it's because that little piece of the past, which is some little aspect of diversity that has survived to the present, is so iconic. They look to that and say, that's, that's us. And so archaeology has, has the ability to even find new aspects of that diversity and bring it into the present so that it's relevant to what people identify as today. Can you explain for our listeners a little bit about the homogenization of culture that you just mentioned? I mean it as in we're all interacting with one another, we're all exchanging information about how to live our lives, and there is just a general trend towards a loss of uniqueness. As you join the greater collective, you let go of the things that were a part of your smaller population. And as populations are growing and we're all kind of connecting digitally, these little things like languages or certain cultural traditions, they get dropped. People just forget and they move on. And so we lose that uniqueness. And that's not to say that it's a process where we're all going to end up being the same. There's going to be more diversity emerging out of this pool. It's the same as what we use for biology, where we look at the advent of innovation. But culturally, right now, we're in a great moment of connection between all the different populations of the world in the the different languages, and we're going to be creating something new. But all of the things that existed in the past will slip away. And whether we revive them or not is up to us. But I really see the world of the next hundred years being vastly different from the world of the last thousand years. That'll make it really interesting it for will. archaeologists of the future. To We're living in an interesting now. time. Yeah. It's an interesting time. I think about that a lot, that the last hundred years have been amazingly different than yeah. the last thousand. And I'm sure one of the, you mentioned the islands as being a great place to see these changes. It brings me back to thinking about Darwin's finches. Yes. Where each time you move an island and there's the change to whatever the island can provide. And then once again, coming back to Moana and right. remembering the scene when everything starts dying and they start running out of choices. And you were talking about diversity yeah. of choices and how do you make that? So, yeah. yeah it's never boring. No, no. And <laughs> you've taught a course relating to Moana, right? Or you've brought Moana into your... I do. I teach archaeology of the Pacific Islands uh, here at Ohio State University, and it's a fun class to teach. I do incorporate aspects of that film into the class, but there's so much beyond that movie to explore about different cultures and different traditions and everything from why do some societies develop into state-level societies where others do not, even if they're on islands that are very similar. Why is that? So that's a big part of the class is talking comparatively about different island societies. It just shows how archaeology is relating into anthropology as the broader scheme and how it's bringing Mm. together diversity and all of these things that we're big on here at this podcast. 
Thank you very much for coming to talk to us today, Dr. Field, and giving us this perspective. You're a first archaeologist for this series. And so for our listeners, thank you for listening today as well. While you're waiting for our next episode, in the meantime, subscribe to the podcast and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at A Story of Us OSU, or check out our website at anthropology.osu.edu. And leave us a review of the show on iTunes. Remember, the more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find the show and fall in love with it just like you did. As always, this podcast is produced in collaboration with the American Anthropological Association. We hope you join us next time as we continue to explore a story of us, our humanity, history, and department. And don't forget, in the meantime, while you're waiting to hear from us, we want to hear from you. Provoke us. Give us ideas, interact with us, and tell us what you're thinking about. We want to know what you think about anthropology and what questions we can answer for you. (laughs) 